Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, Rachel starts planning her baby shower. I'll sit in the bath and they can just wander in and give their well-wishing, rub my gleaming soapy belly as I cry. Midwife Carla is on hand to discuss breech babies. So you'll have to make a decision about the mode of delivery and you'll be given a variety of options. Rachel thinks her unborn child might have an alternative birth plan in mind. Um, I'm pretty sure she's convinced that rather than coming out vaginally, she's just going to crack open a gap in my ribcage. <laughs> we discuss screen time and then share our appreciation for Miss Rachel. On a free YouTube channel as well, she, I'd pay, I'd pay, I'd pay for her. Hello? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> That's always a surprise. It's almost like we don't call each other every week. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I'm feeling much more chipper than when you called me last week. Yeah, <laughs> last week was, was not a good week. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. Um, but let's start with what we try and do every week. But I think some weeks we've actually failed. Um, what week are we on? What size is the baby? What are you growing? I mean, sometimes the failures depend on whether we actually recognise the vegetable. <laughs> 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 this week, she is a cabbage, which is a very common, well-known vegetable and seems massive. If you think about a cabbage, it's a sizable, yeah, sizable vegetable. Apparently, she should be 3.4 pounds or thereabouts. But three pounds, come on. I could lose that in a day if I really gave it a good go. <laughs> it's hard to believe that all that belly and all that stuff only has a little thing of three pounds in it. You're thinking, what else does that... That baby already comes with baggage. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like although the baby weighs 3.4 pounds, it's just casually added five pounds to every internal organ I've had. This is some extra fetal magic. <laughs> Oh yes, I, I'm light and only cabbage-sized, but now all of your organs must be made of lead. <laughs> I like to think of um, fetuses as the kind of Mariah Carey's of um, your internals. They just come with a lot of baggage. You know, they don't just waltz in, do the job and leave. They come in and mm. they destroy everything. Everything <laughs> has to be rejigged for them. Everyone's very excited to see them. Um, and they just leave you stressed and in a mess. As soon as you said you compare pizzas to Mariah Carey, I just imagined one facing a wind machine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, to be honest, it could be going on in there. God knows what's happening in my digestive system right now. So anything is possible. So what happened last week? You were very, um, I think you were just feeling, you were, you were on the edge. Do you know, I mean, I think I bloody dived off the edge halfway through. had to abandon the recording. But honestly, now that I have lived a week, week and a half with the same symptoms, Mm -hmm. which I think is common from my experience of pregnancy so far, you get a new symptom that's upsetting or annoying or painful. 
and you think, oh my God, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> I'm completely unable to survive this. How can this go on? And then once you've had it for a week, you're like, okay, so this is my life now. <laughs> so now I'm in the acceptance stage. But when we spoke last, I was really in the, this is a very fresh new horror that I hate. And that symptom, honestly, as long we took so long to get to the second trimester, we're sort of scratching our heads like, when will the second trimester happen and things ease off? But the third trimester has landed on time, like straight away in with everything that you expect in the third trimester, which is essentially baby growing very, very quickly. Yeah. And all the organs and internal stuff smooshed up against the rib cage. The uterus is expanding, so everything is just getting condensed. And as we've discussed, there's not very much of me. So I was having this acute pain under my ribs <laughs> and now I'm used to it <laughs> so at, at first it was really terrifying and I called I mentioned last week I called the midwife hotline <laughs> like dial a midwife which is the I'm sure they get many a panicked call asking whether I needed to go into hospital and when I needed to worry and I thought maybe my spleen had ruptured but now I have adapted to living with the feeling like there is a raccoon living in my rib cage mm. and it is it's just enormously uncomfortable and painful and it feels like my ribs are cracking really honestly <laughs> I've never broken a rib but I, I do feel as if they are splitting it's so painful is it it's as if the breathe? baby so I have been breathless. It's painful when I sneeze, when I cough. The sickness came back. That's another third trimester thing. So, you know, we're back up at five in the morning, projectile vomiting, and I'm holding my sides now because every wretch is agony for my ribs. And it was just a moment of like, why is this happening again? We had just gotten used to everything being okay. And I was having some mad thoughts as well. Like I, I was in the shower super early in the morning. And I was like, why does the baby hate me? <laughs> makes no sense. Because obviously she loves me. She's, I'm the only person she knows. Uh, and she's literally cannibalizing my body so surely she likes me a bit but in the shower when I was feeling so sick well if nothing else she finds you useful right now oh yeah 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 like <laughs> yeah I'm a crutch um I'm pretty sure she's convinced that rather than coming out vaginally she's just gonna crack open a gap in my rib cage <laughs> and jam her head through there she's a little bit confused geographically well let's hope that isn't the case uh, but it does sound very painful. And we think what Rachel might be experiencing is something that many women get in pregnancy. It's called rib flare. So we thought we'd get midwife Carla on board to talk us through what that actually was. Rib flare in pregnancy is caused by a couple of things. It usually happens in the third trimester and it can be really uncomfortable for lots of women. So your baby is that much bigger in the third trimester. Your uterus is bigger. You're holding more fluid. And this weight pushes up all your internal organs and everything into your diaphragm and your ribs increase and push outwards to accommodate this extra 
space that's needed to grow your baby. Couple that with relaxing. So if you remember that hormone that makes all of our joints and ligaments nice and loose and stretchy in pregnancy, which is what we need, but that can cause pain around your ribs because those ribs are a bit looser and they are stretching to accommodate that exercise that's needed. So if you are experiencing a lot of pain, I would certainly speak to your midwife and ask for a referral into your physiotherapy department and they can do some specific assessments and give you some individual exercises which might help but a couple of self-help things such as making sure you're sitting up nice and straight and tall if you sit in a chair so don't slouch give yourself that extra space and length in your spine and your ribs and also when you're standing think about your posture and think about standing up tall and straight with your head up and nice and straight sometimes that can just take the pressure off um, but if you're having a lot of problems then definitely seek out that physio referral but yeah, I was just, I was, and I really felt at the end of my rope. And I'm not going to lie, there have been multiple times in the week since, including once today, where I felt very acutely like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for another seven to 10 weeks. And I know that lots of other people have it much worse and have lots of different problems. But I also believe that these thoughts, they can't be uncommon. Surely around third trimester, there must be other people going, how is this sustainable? How can I get bigger? All of that stuff. I think you're absolutely spot on with that. First of all, I think you're being really hard on yourself because the the moment you complain, you're like, I know other people have this harder. And of course, there are definitely women out there that have had a more difficult and more stressful pregnancy than you. That's for absolute sure. But that doesn't make your suffering any easier for you. I think the third trimester is quite difficult in terms of just feeling really cumbersome. And like you said, the baby's getting bigger, so everything else is getting squashed. So you've got a whole new lease of symptoms and pains and aches and all of that sort of thing. And and you do just think, oh, I've been doing this for nearly a year now and I still <laughs> have potentially another two months to go. This Nearly a year. Yeah. yeah, like nearly a year. When you think about it that way, I mean, I haven't done anything that I dislike. <laughs> For longer than five minutes. (laughs) For about a decade. I mean, if I don't like a book, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, well, you know, I've started reading it, persevere. When I've started a TV show or a film and it's nonsense, 20 minutes. That is top. (laughs) Life's too short. (laughs) And yet, I've signed up to this just severe discomfort for, for this length of time. And I know that the payoff will be worth it. And everyone tells you, that it will be, um, but yeah, it's been a really tough week. What's amazing is I think for a lot of women as well, they forget about this because I, you know, come off the phone to you and I, I speak to my other half and I'm like, oh, she's really <laughs> suffering this week. And I was like, oh, she just did it much harder than me. I, I really had an easy pregnancy. And he gives me like the death stare, like, are you kidding <laughs> me right now? You were a nightmare. Like, Which pregnancy really- were you there for? <laughs> And also, my baby is like champion kickboxer in utero because she's moving around so much, which is obviously a very reassuring sign, but it makes it much more difficult to relax or it makes it 
um, less comfortable because suddenly, you know, you're getting punched in some fragile organs that already feel like they have been squashed to slivers under your ribs. So, yeah, and I, I think the mental part of it, a lot of it is guilt. Like we've talked about guilt on the podcast before. But Sandy is such a saint and he's looking after me so much. But I feel terrible that he gets home from work or he has a day off and I am completely useless. I'm like, I get up in the morning, I'm probably okay till about lunchtime. And then it's usually around digestion. So I assume everything's just struggling to work Mm. around three o'clock really bad pain and just sort of groaning around the house like some kind of constipated orangutan and he has to <laughs> he has to just be there you know it must be I know that he doesn't mind and he supports me no matter what he's constantly reassuring me but geez oh I wouldn't want to come home after a day's work <laughs> running a bar <laughs> the bears the bears I love the most just like caterwauling on the sofa like oh yeah you know we have this new baby camera I don't know if I told you this we bought a we bought a baby slash dog cam okay and for the first few days (laughs) for the first few days anything was setting it off and he was getting a ping on his phone anytime there's any motion detected Mm -hmm. and then he switched the motion detecting off but it still detected baby crying (laughs) and I got a text saying are you okay? <laughs> You've just set off the baby crying alarm. <laughs> because he was at work and I was sitting on the couch just going, ow! <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of pained animal, some pained stream. So, yeah, that's the kind of level we're at. He's away at work. He's getting pinged to say that there's a baby crying. But it's just me <laughs> howling at the moon from our living room. Okay, I don't think you've got anything to feel guilty about. First of all, he did this to you. Let's not yeah, forget that. That's true. He played his part. It was a good part to play. He enjoyed it. And now he is living the consequences, okay? Second of all, you're doing the heavy lifting for something you will both uh, enjoy and uh, you know will be an adventure for both of you and you're doing the real real hard work so the least he can do is clean the house cook some food when he comes home from work and and put up with the occasional bark <laughs> or tears from you whatever it is the hilarious yeah. thing is that actually not much is going to change in your house now from now on because you've got your dog already <laughs> barking. Surround sound mewling. And you're crying. So yeah. Sandy will be like, what's changed? This is completely normal. <laughs> we're just acclimatising him. That's, that's, that's what it. we're doing. Yeah. That's and how's your sleeping? Yeah, fine. Mainly because the anti-sickness tablets make me quite drowsy. So they tend to knock me out overnight and then depending on the pain in the morning so the rib cage is mostly day pain night pain it's the hips so my hips feel like they're being cracked open in when I wake up in the morning but I have invested in a bouncing yoga ball nice. which is helping lovely so I'm 
bouncing around the house to help with my hips and also to create some space somehow in my rib cage. And also I've been looking into something that my friend recommended called spinning babies. Spinning and babies? Yeah, it sounds like they're breakdancing. <laughs> Do you imagine yeah. they're like rotating on an axis inside you? But it's taken from Rebozo Manteada, which is a Mexican and Guatemalan indigenous practice. And the rebozo is a big piece of beautiful woven cloth that indigenous women use, doulas and midwives use to yeah. wrap around the mums and kind of sugar them <laughs> so that the baby oh. gets into a better Position. place. Yeah. So this is obviously a steeped very deeply in Latin American tradition, but as is the case with many things, white people did find it and have made their own version, which is spinning babies. I'm going to be honest, spinning babies does not sound as beautiful <laughs> yeah. as the Spanish. But the Spanish part actually means sort of shift. The rebozo is the cloth uh-huh. and manteada comes from tossing. So it's like cloth, cloth tossing. tossing. Cloth. <laughs> but, but to make it, it much more... better in Spanish. <laughs> to make more... And to make it more accurate, it would be belly shifting, I guess. So now all I need is a Mexican or Guatemalan doula in the West End of Glasgow. But I'm, or I will have to teach Sandy how to do it via YouTube tutorials. To give you a shake. Yes. So they wrap you, they wrap you <laughs> in this the piece of so cloth. disastrously wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's why you have to seek help from a professional or do a course yes you certainly should now part of the reason Rachel is doing this is because her baby is still in the breech position and she'd like to move it into the right position so we thought we'd find out from you the sort of things you did to get your baby engaged and here's what you had to say hello so I was told um to get up on my bed on all fours and um I had to lower my upper body down onto the floor and rest my upper body on my elbows on the floor with my bum up on the bed, on my knees. Um, I was quite a big lady so it was a really difficult position to be in and um, I needed my husband there to keep me balanced and to help me like get down on the floor because it was so difficult. And. Um, I would have to hold that position for as long as I could. And um, and then I would just like do like a roly-poly onto the floor and then get back up and do it again. Um, and yeah, it was, it was quite hot, but it wasn't a nice experience, but it did the trick. And then I, when I went for my next scan, he had um, turned into position. So it was definitely worth the hassle, that's for sure. My baby was breech. We went through our 36 week growth scan to be told uh, he was breech and it was unlikely that he would turn now uh, as he was quite big and put me in for a um, precautionary caesarean at 39 weeks but they did say they would scan me again at 38 just to see if he had turned. They offered me the procedure where they turn them physically in my stomach in the uh, hospital which I didn't want so in the two weeks that I had for the next uh, scan I did yoga poses that I found from my uh, pregnancy yoga teacher. 
I also went to my acupuncturist and had some acupuncture and went back. Oh, I was on my bouncing ball the whole time and went back and was told he had moved and he was head down and engaged and I went and had the natural birth that I was hoping for. Very, very pleased, clever boy. Those are all very interesting techniques. But when should we actually start worrying if our baby is still in that breached position? Here's Carla. So the first thing to say about breach is that about three to four percent of all babies are in the breach position after 36 weeks. Before that, it's really common and it doesn't really cause any problems. However, once you get to 36 weeks, if your baby is still breech and that is confirmed with an ultrasound scan, then you do have some decisions to make. So you'll have to make a decision about the mode of delivery and you'll be given a variety of options. So you can opt for a vaginal breech birth, depending on the type of breech position your baby's in. You could also opt for a cesarean section. And that's a common reason for a cesarean section. Or you could opt to try something called ECV, which is external cephalic version. Now, that's a procedure by which an experienced doctor will try to turn your baby manually by placing their hands on the outside of your tummy and using different techniques to try and turn your baby from bum down to head down. This is all done in a hospital setting with monitoring to make sure that both you and baby are happy about this. So that's something that you can discuss with your midwife and your consultant. There are a few NHS trusts with which do offer some alternative options for breach. So something called moxibustion. That's a Chinese remedy. There is some evidence to suggest that this can help turn a breech baby. But again, you'd have to look at that with a registered healthcare professional who is qualified to support that type of therapy. It's not something we'd ever recommend just trying at home. Likewise, with Rebozo, there's really limited evidence that this technique works. That's the technique with the big piece of cloth where you're jiggling your baby. I certainly wouldn't be trying this at home without the guidance of a healthcare professional at all. And as I said, the evidence around that is limited. Some things you can try, and again, there's no guarantee of success, is just giving your baby extra space in your pelvis to move around so if you're using a birthing ball try and sit on there and you're upright sitting forwards with your knees below your hips you can also try and be in all fours quite a lot of the time that can just help give your baby that extra space to turn around or the knees to chest position on the floor can also really help try to give your baby that extra space but again the evidence around the success for this is limited so if you have got a breach presentation after 36 weeks your midwife and your consultant should be giving you some in-depth support to help you make that decision to understand what is best for you and what's best for your baby when it comes to delivery. And what about Otis, our darling head down boy? So focused. He's now got his head the other way, which is great. We went on safari and remember I said, you know, we shouldn't make a big deal about the first birthday and try and make everything perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I've ignored that five times over now. So we did our own birthday where I made a sugar-free cake and... Um, I was actually, I was taking the mic to one of my friends saying my, my husband's like a total fun sponge. He said he's only allowing Otis one present a day so that he really learns to appreciate gifts. So we're only allowed to give him one. And then I said, so I've made the sugar-free cake. And she's like, all right, okay, so dad's the fun sponge, <laughs> but you've taken all the sugar out of a one-year-old's cake. Yeah, good one. So then we went on safari and a... Uh, 
going back to the holiday we had that he can't go out for dinners because he's a nightmare and all he does is scream. Um, he weirdly he did it again, so it was it was almost like uh, we tried the same thing, tried to get a different result, and failed. <laughs> um, I think that so, is another definition of madness. So much like when you promised you weren't going to do go over and above for the birthday, and then you did it again. <laughs> do you see a pattern emerging? I do I do, and I think the fault lies somewhere with me we had a lot of Miss Rachel on safari so much so that we were going around and we're seeing antelope wild antelope and zebras I should say this is in Kent not Kenya so I did sort of limit the distance <laughs> although I would love it if listeners were thinking wow she really did go all out for the first birthday <laughs> sugar free cake and flew him to Africa <laughs> No, no, just a two-hour journey down to Kent. But it is an incredible place. I think it's called, It's. I mean, it's got a mental spelling and I'm dyslexic, so I'm not even going to try. But I think it's Portland is how everyone's pronouncing it. And it's got zebras and, and all sorts of these incredible, incredible animals, rhinos, and you get taken around in this Jeep and they're all just wondering about, some of them fairly close to the Jeep. But instead of focusing on that and thinking that's amazing, Otis just goes, boo, thinking they're all just weird shaped dogs oh. or dogs called boo. And, um, and then screaming. So in order to not scare the animals, we have to get Miss Rachel, which again is a woman that you will become fairly um, friendly with when your baby arrives, if you're anything like me or a what other people consider a lazy parent. Um, so we got out the phone and got Miss Rachel on. And instead of watching all the animals, he was just sitting watching Miss Rachel for the gazillionth time. So I think not uh, money well spent if I was hoping to get some sort of reaction from a one-year-old. So I'd wait. If your child is under the age of five, I wouldn't bother <laughs> going on a safari because they don't care. Unless it's with Miss Rachel. She's pointing out the animals. Unless it's with Miss Rachel. But I was speaking to somebody else today who said, what you need to do is dress up like Miss Rachel. She's done this, which I thought was incredible. She said, your child will lose its mind. So we're talking Whoa. pink top, denim, dungarees, hair slicked back in a ponytail and a headband. See, you're not the first mum to tell me that this woman is essentially some kind of voodoo child whisperer. She's a saint or a god, I'm not sure. Yeah, like there's something going on there because she is just a lady talking to camera and we've done that. You do that every day. I do, yeah, but I don't get the same reaction from my own child, I can tell you. But why? (laughs) Well, I thought this might be a nice opportunity to show some appreciation for Miss Rachel And here are some of the messages that you sent in. My daughter works full time from home. She has a 15 month old daughter um, and I go over there during the week and look after her. She doesn't have any screen time with me because when I leave, my granddaughter then goes into mummy's office and she sits with mummy and she'll happily watch Miss Rachel for the last 30 to 40 minutes of the working day. She's so happy to have the chill out time and she beams when Miss Rachel appears on the screen um, I'm sure it's added to her learning um, she just loves everything about her hi I'm the Nana here uh, my grandson now 15 months fell in love with Miss Rachel from a very early age um, totally surprisingly wasn't expecting it but as soon as he sees her face 
the big smiles came. In fact, I think she got the smiles well before the parents did. Um, in our family, Miss Rachel is the third parent. And yes, I don't blame any parents using Miss Rachel as a resource to enable you to have that five or ten minutes piece. At one point, I didn't think he was going to ever get over Miss Rachel, but as he's got older, he has progressed onto some other things, but she will always be his favourite. I highly recommend Miss Rachel on YouTube. She has been an absolute lifesaver. I have 17-month-old twins, and they have been watching <laughs> her since they were about one, when my friend told me about her. And I tried other programmes before, weren't interested. She makes them stop sit and watch and Miss Rachel <laughs> um, she's, she teaches them so much um, it's just win-win honestly she, she and to say she's on a free YouTube channel as well she I'd pay I'd pay I'd pay for her she is something else in fact um, I was thinking for the next birthday I might even dress up as her because they love her so much. <laughs> and you've got a big weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend you're having a baby shower, which I can't get to. Um, no. But are you doing a lot of planning for it? or? So I, I mean, there have been moments in the last week where I've been thinking, can I even go? Can I host my own baby shower? But I do believe that an extra week of extended of these symptoms I'll be feeling even stronger and capable of survival because we were actually due to go to my friend's wedding this weekend in Belfast and we've had to say that we can no longer go so I'm saving up all my reserves for the following weekend and there's going to be about 30 or 40 people in our wow. flat my main my main issue is not feeding them or entertaining them I think that will be all Funky dory but I knew that some people had to bring their babies, mm -hmm. little ones. Yeah. And so I knew I couldn't say there's no babies allowed for ease. Yeah. And also <laughs> because then they would show up and there'd be another baby there. They'd think I'd chosen a favourite baby. <laughs> so instead I said, let me know if your babies are coming. But this opened a bit of a floodgate because I think people up until that point had assumed that there were no babies coming. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, babies can come. So I think we now have around six between the ages of six months and four. And I love all of those children desperately. And I love their parents even more. But I'm like, I've been asking really stupid questions of other parents like, do I need to like childproof the plug sockets? Do I need to fix anything to the wall? Do I need to fence them in a particular room? No. Or uh, like get one of these ball pits? Like I've started to think, how does one control six children who are strangers to each other in yeah. a confined space when so there's adults the drinking Prosecco and 
Yeah, this is the glorious thing about those children not being your child. They are not your (laughs) responsibility and they are very much the parent's responsibility. So I wouldn't worry about any of that. They have taken children to unbaby-proofed establishments before and looked (laughs) after them. So they can do it again at your house. Do not feel the need to to go out your way in that respect. I'm talking as a mum of a one-year-old. I would never expect somebody to baby-proof their house for me. Um, However... You will have to baby-proof your house at some point, which I am learning now. <laughs> does, you, does, does Otis also run with his hands fully extended into sockets of any kind of danger? Because I've seen particularly toddler boys seem to just love to put their hands in things and find out the way things work and pull at cables and all this sorts of stuff. We're we're weirdly at a moment where he's definitely not running yet, but he's trying to walk. Weirdly, on the walking thing, he's lost the appetite to walk. So for ages there, I thought he was going to walk really soon, but he's learned to crawl really fast. Like, we're talking Usain <laughs> crawling world. He's like not to 60 in less than two seconds. I think he's realised he can get much, get somewhere much quicker. Mm by crawling than bothering to learn to walk so we've got pull-ups we've got shuffles along tables and stuff shuffles along sofas and a lot of falling but not a huge amount of walking but I've heard there's all kinds of things that can happen that can delay a child walking as well and a lot of people at my stage are getting really stressed out about it and another little girl my friend's little girl hasn't um, hasn't even crawled or, or walked yet it's 16 months but they don't think there's any issues there they just think I don't know she might be a bit lazy I think, <laughs> I, think. <laughs> I mean so I hear her <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. getting carried what's the other option you get carried around all well, of the time this is my theory right if your baby isn't walking or isn't even bothering to crawl at one years old that could just be a symptom of, of really attentive parenting. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. That sounds exactly. like what Otis is doing. He's like, cool, I can go fast like this, <laughs> or I can learn to do the slow thing and get there much slower. And the, the thing is, everyone freaks out about this stuff, but every baby is different and all of them develop at different rates. And actually, lots of young babies and toddlers can meet all of the key milestones and oh yeah ticking the box and all this stuff and then they can stop you know lots of autistic toddlers will meet all these milestones they'll be chatting away and then they'll start going backwards they'll start losing the power of speech so it is a really nervous time I can imagine particularly when you have groups of mum friends who all have kids of the same age and you you must compare like there's no there's no other alternative. There's you have a full NCT group or friendship group full of babies of a similar age. You're like, oh, Daniel seems quite advanced. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, he's actually his grade eight violin already. <laughs> you know, and you will have some parents who are very honest about how they feel. Like it sounds like yeah. your friends have been very honest about their concerns, but you will have others who are like, yes, he is very advanced for his age. <laughs> Yes. yes. Already speaking five languages. Yes. And he has I been mean, picked for the school football team already. But there's always like a full um, modesty about it. Like, oh, we have no idea where he gets it from. <laughs> Shut up. 
tested in your life. <laughs> Mom and dad are making him do little baby weights at night. <laughs> it's like deadlifts. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think in the modern day, I haven't come across many of those parents. I think now it's very on trend to be incredibly honest and open about how you're feeling. And thank goodness, because the last thing you need when you're suffering in silence, a bit nervous about something is somebody feeding you a whole load of guff that's not true. <laughs> so going back to the uh, baby shower, I think it's a good shout not to go to the wedding, by the way, and conserve your energy because you're not feeling good. I think being in another country um, at a wedding is possibly the most uncomfortable experience you could you could go through. But a baby shower, people are coming to you. It's all people that you you know as well. So there's no like polite chat you have to do. You can just um, tell them straight how you're feeling, which is hideous. <laughs> and what are you hopefully they all want to come visit me in the bath. <laughs> really, <laughs> we'll just we'll make some canopies. I'll sit in the bath, and they can just wander in and give their well wishing. Rub my gleaming soapy belly as I cry, and then say their goodbyes, and off they go. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> I bet you're sad you can't make I'm, it. I'm devastated. That's like an art project. Um, it's like oh. interactive art. The thing that a lot of people are doing now is a thing called sip and sees after the birth. But you would be having like a sip and see with a difference, right? You would get to go have a glass of champagne and then come see you in a bath, which is. A sit and see, is that like a, a baby viewing? Yes, exactly. Okay, I see. I've never heard of that before. Come around, have a, a little glass of bubbly and mm-hmm. check out my weird looking newborn. Oh, that's like an open house. Like a, like if, you, if you're selling a flat, you'd be like, so this is the living room. Oh yes, that's the product of my uterus. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> If you, take a, if you take a closer look, it has 10 fingers and 10 toes. And... Like here's hoping. I mean, once I go to the second 4D scan, so the reschedule scan, because they said they couldn't charge me for the full lot because she wouldn't pose for the picture. Mm. I'm going to have some tasty stats for your economist brain to, to dwell over. <laughs> because I'm going to have percentiles. She did say at the last scan that it was a big baby but it wasn't enormous <laughs> that's the reassurance yeah that, that does want. my head in what does that mean that's like how long is a piece of string it's a big baby <laughs> well, but not enormous well I think that's because the assumption is always because I'm waddling in like this tiny person with a humongous belly oh. and Sandy's this enormous man the assumption is always, oh, well, it's just a big baby because look at the size of him. But she was reassuring me that it's not like her, her face is pressed up against where my belly button is okay. and her legs coming out my mouth, even though it feels that way. She's not so, six foot tall already. She's basically no. in the normal range. She's just probably a little yeah. bit bigger than uh, the average. Yeah. That's fine. That's all very good stats. Nothing to worry about there. And, and folded in a very awkward way that means her picture couldn't be taken. But I'll report back next week when I have hopefully some solid pictures and percentiles for you to peruse. I cannot wait. Love to get my hands on some numbers. <laughs> you'll already have you'll already have your uh, your chart from your ninety nine percentile 
page. <laughs> I will. I've probably got someone like a wall chart that I had when Otis was going through his scans that I can <laughs> I can dig out from somewhere. Um, but that sounds like something to really look forward to this week. I have uh, Otis's fourth and final first birthday celebration. No, yes. Storm Huntley. This is. <laughs> I love it that even when you're telling me, oh God, I'm just not going to do that much anymore. I'm not going to commit to things. You're giving advice on the podcast and telling people not to go over the top. This is his fourth first birthday. Yes, <laughs> but this is, this. to be fair. <laughs> this is definitely the last this one. This is the last one. It's definitely the last also, one. Also, this is actually the NCT birthday celebration. So this is all our NCT group getting together and celebrating the first birthday of okay. all the babies. So that was always Okay, fun. it's communal. It's a communal okay. birthday. And at okay. the weekend, it was a birthday sh- celebration shared between him and his auntie, Melissa, who was turning 30. <laughs> and then on... I love the justifications. The yeah, yeah. It was his actual birthday, <laughs> like the day I gave mm-hmm. birth. And then the weekend before that, it was the celebration of his grandmother and auntie's birthday all together with all his friends and family in Glasgow. There's reasons for it all, uh, Rachel. But yes, I am. Um, it will be his fourth and final birthday celebration, and that's what I've got to look forward to. <laughs> I mean, it sounds great. Why stop? Keep going. <laughs> Give him one a month. Yeah, you'll be so confused. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's going to think he's landed gentry after a safari trip with his four birthdays. Uh, Right, okay, well, you enjoy the week and I will see you next week and hopefully you will be in high spirits. Yeah, I'll do my best. (laughs) Okay, cheerio. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Join us next week when we discuss 4D scans, birth plans and newborn gift lists. Now, if you'd like to be part of the podcast and become one of our mum squad, then do follow me on Instagram at Storm Huntley and send us a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now.